welcome to the Chelsea Olson podcast. I am delighted to welcome you to the community for all things leadership, wellness, and creativity. I believe in a world driven by abundance where businesses, humanity, and our planet thrive. It is time to redefine success and start building the world we dream to live in. It starts with you, and it starts here. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the show. I'm so excited to have you here today, especially because we get to talk about one of my most favorite things in the entire world. This is a common thread that weaves together the three pillars of my work, which are mental health, creative expression, and holistic leadership. I found that by prioritizing and deepening my connection with what we're going to be talking about today has been a major influence in my life. And what we're talking about today is nature, how to cultivate and create a connection with nature for the purpose of self-care. To start this conversation, we first have to open the dialogue of what even is self-care? Because if we look to the if we look to Instagram, if we look to health and wellness websites for self-care, it can quickly look like self-care is a luxury. It's an excess. It's an extra thing for the people who like it. But according to Oxford Language Dictionary, self-care is the practice of taking an active role in protecting your well-being and happiness, particularly during times of stress. So this is not a luxury. This is not a hobby. This is not just for the yogis who want to take a hot bath at the end of the day. This is protecting your own well-being, especially in times of stress. And so today we're going to be talking about how can nature help that? How can nature enhance your well-being? And how can having a relationship with nature protect your health and well-being, but particularly increase resilience when experiencing stress? Well, first let's take a look at what happens when we don't spend time with nature. Data shows that side effects of not spending time in nature are decreased brain function. This can mean in the present moment, but over time, this can contribute to long-term disorders such as Alzheimer's and dementia, anxiety and depression, joint pain, insomnia. Not spending time in nature can weaken the immune system, increases attention deficit or ADHD. It increases aggression, It increases your stress and blood pressure. So all of these are consequences of not spending time in nature. Very quickly, we're seeing how doing the opposite or spending time in nature can protect your well-being and protect you from stress. So imagine if you didn't suffer from any of these conditions, how would your life look differently? And I'll quickly recap those one more time anxiety, depression, joint pain, insomnia, a weakened immune system, increased attention and deficit and aggression, increased stress. If you didn't have to struggle with those anymore, how would your life look differently? What would be available to you? But what about when we do spend time with nature? 
Well, basically we could take that entire list and just invert it. <laughs> and the data shows that it stimulates brain growth because nature is diverse. Every step is different. Every inch of the earth is different. And that diversity is constantly forming new neural connections. Spending time outside promotes resilience, increases creativity and problem solving. Spending time in nature improves your mood, reduces feelings of stress or anger. You feel more relaxed. It improves your physical health. You feel more confident and have more self-esteem. It helps you to be more active, reducing that joint pain and can help you build a community and improve relationships and meaning in your life. So already, hopefully I've convinced you that time in nature is extremely pivotal to your well-being and stress levels or your self-care. But not everybody really relates to enjoying spending time outside. There are people who would say, oh, I'm not really a nature person. I'm more of a city gal. I'm not a tree hugger. This isn't really my fight, right? This isn't my passion. Nature's not my place. And that's okay. But the science shows that connecting with nature is essential for your well-being. And the more we dig into that data, it's not just your own well-being, but the well-being of all of your relationships and beyond. So we're going to talk about what you can do to connect to nature in a way that feels good for you. And the key component that makes that connection time the most potent it can possibly be. Because spending 20 minutes outside at a park with your headphones on on, on social media is not going to give you the same benefits as other ways that we could spend time outside. So when it comes to what to do to connect, first we have to look at, well, how much is enough? And the data shows that we should be shooting for at least two hours a week of nature time. What you do outside, it doesn't matter. Whether that's a walk at a paved park, sitting on the bench on your back patio, or being barefoot in the woods, swimming naked in the ocean, it doesn't matter how wild of an experience it is. But about two hours a week is super important. Now that can be broken up into 20 minutes a day, or maybe two one-hour chunks a week. But it's important to take that time and make it 100% personalized to you and your interests. Because if you don't really want to be there, if you're doing it because you should do it, imagine how you're going to feel doing that versus if you're excited and it actually resets you. So I'm going to offer a few ways that you can start the process of connecting to nature. And you do not need to remember all of these. I simply invite you to just listen to the list and see if any of these stick out to you, if any of these really call your attention. The first is your body. This might be through movement or nutrition. And what I mean by nutrition is eating whole foods, natural foods, not synthetic food. Right? Synthetic food is like fast food and processed food. Real, real, whole, natural foods. In addition, you can go more deeply and eat what is seasonally appropriate. So in the summer, just look at what's growing. So in the summer, there's watermelon and berries and cucumber. The natural wateriness of the foods balance out the innate heat of the summertime. In the fall and winter, root vegetables, squash, sweet potatoes. 
The grounded, warm, hearty nature of these foods balance out the cold, dry bitterness of the winter. So if you can shift your diet into a more natural state, that is one way that you can start to connect your body into the rhythms of nature. You can connect through your mind. Mindfulness is an amazing technique and really deeply enhances the practice of being outside. And we'll talk more about this later on in the episode. But if you're not really into mindfulness, journaling is a wonderful way to be outside. You might practice meditating in nature. The difference of meditating inside versus outside is drastic. You can connect through your sleep. In our modern age world, we have what's called a digital sunset. It's basically a forced cycle of turning off the lights. Because when the lights dim, when the lights go down, the melatonin in our body naturally kickstarts. But when we have our screens on all the time, even just electricity with the light bulb, we've lost those sleep cycles, those natural rhythms that the sun innately gives us. And so if you can even just start to shift or sync up your digital sunset with the natural sunset and wake up time with the sunrise, you're going to start to sink into the rhythms of nature. You can also start to connect through your home and your office or your physical space. Now you can go into extreme depth with this, or it could be very simple. So for example, you might replace a lamp with a salt lamp. You might bring in some of your favorite items from nature and have one spot on your desk that you see them all the time and you get to just kind of pause and look at this favorite seashell, for example. You can bring in plants. You can even bring in fake plants. Studies show that even fake plants offer some of the benefits that real plants have. At the end of the day, a real alive plant is going to give you more benefit than a fake plant. But if you want to take this more deeply... I encourage you to research what's called biophilic design. It's a bio, B-I-O, philic, P-H-I-L-I-C. And this is designing a space with nature in mind. So it's beginning to harmonize our design and architecture with nature. It's so inspiring. I definitely recommend, you can even Google it, look it up on Pinterest, biophilic design, and you might start to get some ideas of ways that you can make your personal space feel more natural and nourishing as a result. A digital detox is awesome. One way to connect to the natural world is unplug from the synthetic world. There is nothing wrong with technology. Technology gets a bad rap, but the only reason why it gets a bad rap is because it's used in excess. We have completely lost the natural world. We've completely lost our connection to the natural world and we've completely lost our natural selves because we've been obsessed with and highly consuming of the synthetic world. Nature totems are a really fun way to connect to the natural world. Some people refer to this as like a spirit animal, but essentially we open our awareness to the wisdom and subtle messages from the animal kingdom. So we might have an experience where an eagle flies in front of us. It's unusual. Or we're at the park and all of a sudden we see a few deer. We had a unique experience. It's not like there's a bird's in the bird's nest. 
right? Subtle messages. And then we can start to learn what's the message here? What's the lesson? What can I learn from this animal in this moment? And sure, you can Google it for sure. That's a great way to start. Nature totem deer, if you're at the park. Spirit animal meaning of eagle, for example. But to truly master that and to truly embody on a cellular level this connection, it's recommended that we not only Google it, but we ask ourselves, what qualities does this animal embody, especially in the moment in which we connected? So a deer is still a deer, but you may encounter a deer that's cuddling and protecting her fawn. Or you might encounter a deer that is charging through the forest. You might encounter a deer that's running away or gazes at you and keeps grazing. All of those expressions of the same animal are embodying different traits and qualities. So you can also ask yourself, what does that, how did that animal in that moment make me feel? And what were they doing to make me feel that way? And this is a way that you can start to deepen your connection with nature totems. And last but not least, connecting with the elements of nature. So the elements are earth, water, air, and fire. Learning to connect to the elements for me was a huge support in optimizing my well-being, even in my time and task management, even for planning my business goals, quarter one, quarter two, quarter three, quarter four, knowing the elements of nature and how they influence my productivity has been extremely helpful. So if you want to learn more about how to connect, there's so many resources out there. Um, But to start, I recommend asking yourself, maybe even writing down, what are the qualities of earth? What are the qualities of water? What are the qualities of air? And lastly, of fire. Earth is dense. It's hard to move. It's grounded. It's abundant. Brown, green. Water is in constant movement. It can be raging like a hurricane. It can be frozen like icicles. It can be barely trickling, but it's movement. Goes with the flow air. You can't hold it. It's so lightweight. It moves constantly, but it moves in a different way than water does. It's infinite. It tends to be higher up, not so dense as earth is. And fire is pure energy, transformative, hot. Anything you put into it will come out differently. It's power. So we can start to learn how to connect with the elements of nature and start to integrate that into our daily life. So just to summarize, once again, some ways you can connect are the body, your mind, your sleep, your space, nature totems, a digital detox, and the elements. And again, this is definitely not an all-encompassing list. These are just some... This is like a starter pack of ideas that you can use to start exploring. What's a way that I could connect to nature that appeals to me? Now, I mentioned this earlier in the episode, but there is one important secret when it comes to connecting with nature to truly get 
the most out of that connection. And before we go into what that secret is, the reason why this matters is because nature is alive. Nature is breathing. Nature eats. Nature drinks. Nature eliminates. Nature communicates. There's literally mycelium. It's a fungal web that connects basically everything in the soil, but particularly We'll use trees for an example, webs of trees. And say a tree's leaves are being eaten by a giraffe. That tree will send a message through its root, through the mycelium web, to trees further down the line and say, make your leaves more bitter so you don't get eaten. Isn't that amazing? They literally communicate. They protect each other. They care about the survival of other trees. There are mother trees that are bigger and more nutrient-dense, and they distribute their nutrients to the tree community around them. There are studies done where they say different things to water. They play different kinds of music to water. And then they freeze the water and take super zoomed-in macro images of the water crystals. And they compare the water crystals when the water received words of, I love you, you're amazing, you're beautiful, compared to, I hate you, you're ugly, I wish you were never born. And it's unbelievable. The water crystals that received positive, loving words were symmetrical. They were stunning. They were rainbow and vibrant and just really breathtaking in their beauty. And the water that received words of, I hate you, I wish you were never born. Oftentimes, it's just a blob. They're kind of brown, even. Sometimes they're not symmetrical. There's no clear-cut shapes. It's just this blob of lifelessness. Similar studies have been done with plants. They have two of the same plant in the exact same circumstance side by side. One plant receives words of positive, healthy affirmation, while the other ones receive negative, mean, and bullying comments. And they track the growth process of one plant versus the other. Let's take a guess. Which one grows faster? Which one grows better? The one that receives positive affirmations. It's one of the first things we learn in biology. Humans, we breathe in oxygen. Without it, we cannot live. It is literally the force of our livelihood. And to complete that cycle, we release or eliminate carbon dioxide. Okay, well, where does that cycle complete itself? Through trees. Trees breathe in. They inhale carbon dioxide and they exhale oxygen. We are in this constant give and take, give and receive with the earth. So plants are alive. Water is alive. Stones are alive. There's something in the modern age called the green screen, which means when we're outside, we don't see individual plants. We don't see nature as alive. We see it as just this blank background of green. And we have to break through the green screen, not only for all of those benefits we mentioned at the beginning, which is like literally every function in your body, mind, and heart. 
of your well-being, your stress, your relationships, your creativity, your mental health, your cognitive functioning, all of these. But we have to for the sustainability of our humanity. 101, breath, alone. The rate of deforestation is epic. And not just deforestation, but the quality of our water. I mean, this is not a conversation on climate change, but it is a conversation and the importance of connecting with nature and the serious consequences that come when we've gone too far and we can't go back and how necessary it is for us to prioritize that connection now. When I'm feeling depressed, I go outside. When I'm feeling anxious, I go outside. When I was deep in my trauma healing, I prioritized hours a week in the forest. It was a major player in awakening myself to myself. And this is because nature is alive. We, it's actually been shown that our nervous systems co-regulate and sink into essentially the nervous system of the earth. Forest bathing exists. It's literally the practice of bathing in the energy of the forest to improve physical and mental health. This is basic science here, people. This is not reserved for the tree huggers. This is everybody. And as I demonstrated previously, you do not even have to go outside to connect with nature. As long as you are doing what I'm about to mention next, you can still gain the deepest benefit in that connection that you possibly can. And this one important secret is not about what you're doing, but how you are experiencing nature. And it's all about engaging your senses. I mentioned this earlier, that mindfulness is a great way to connect with nature. And mindfulness goes beyond awakening the senses. But really, if we can open our senses and deepen them while in connection with nature, this is actually how we learn. This is how we grow. This is how we problem solve and we innovate. Because the senses is where we gather information. That information goes straight to the amygdala of the brain. And therefore, and that information is processed as either threatening, unthreatening, helpful, unhelpful. And then it sends our body mind into an automatic state where we either thrive and learn and grow, or we shut down, we protect, and we reject. So engaging the senses with intention is wickedly important for your well-being, your performance, and your productivity. So our senses are our sight, sound, smell, taste, touch. And what I've found over time from literally spending weeks living outside. I mean, I have spent a lot of time in nature, people. <laughs> I've camped in the snow. I've slept on the beach. I, I have spent hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours outside. And what I have found from that experience, and I am not the only one, is in addition to those five senses, in time, this sixth sense starts to develop. And somatic experiencing refers to this as the felt sense. Some people make, can call this your intuition or a deeper knowing. Some may call it your spirit or your soul. It's the part of you that 
prickles the hair on your skin when you feel the wind blowing in your face because you feel the life of the wind. It's the part of you that feels inspired when you're sitting in the sun to create something beautiful and meaningful and not just get on your phone and blast the music and open up another beer. The sixth sense, felt sense, is the part of you that awakens your life to your potential versus numbing out and going through the automaticity of life. So by awakening the five senses, that strengthens that inner knowing, the gathering of the information that, that communicates directly with the brain in our neurology to open the door to accessing our sixth sense. And it's not seeing dead people. <laughs> it's a deep, deep, deep connection with yourself. And nothing can replace that. So let's try a brief exercise now together where we can experience what is it like to open my senses to the world around me? And depending on where you are, it may be pleasant and it may be unpleasant or it may be pretty neutral experience. All is welcomed here because as we open the senses, it's not to accomplish a goal other than to simply be present. And sometimes when we're present, we realize things that aren't, that don't feel so good. So whatever your experience is, is just fine. This won't take more than about five minutes, but go ahead and find yourself in a comfortable seat. If you can find stillness, find stillness. This will only take a few minutes, guys. It's not going to take long. Start to close down the eyes. Take a few deep breaths. Notice the low back expanding on the inhale. And the belly button gently falling to the spine on the exhale. Now bring your awareness to the sense of sound. You don't need to identify what individual sounds are. Just allow sound to enter. To morph into one. And as you do this, you may start to notice sounds from farther and farther away. Take a deep breath. And shift your awareness now to the sense of smell. Again, we do not need to isolate and identify the sense of smell, just receiving smell as it is. and let that awaken your sense of taste. And notice if you start to label this information as good or bad, 
That's the process of the senses communicating with the brain and immediately categorizing it and causing a reaction. So, so much of this practice is awakening the senses without judgment. Shift your awareness now to the sense of feeling or touch. It might be your sit bones on the floor or this chair behind your back. Maybe the wind on your skin or pressure from a waistband. Not labeling, not separating, being present with the wholeness of touch and feel. And from this space, we'll see if we can access that sixth sense. See if you can access the part of you that's been with you your entire life. You may sense that part of us in a very physical place of the body. It might just be an inner knowing. Or it may be impossible to find. All is well. We don't need to judge or label or separate. Just allowing and sensing that eternal part of us to arise in our awareness. Take a few breaths into that space. And then gently flutter the eyes open, keeping the sight wide and soft, becoming aware of our sense of sight. Not separating, not labeling what you see, just awakening the sense. You might notice colors or shapes or textures or details or patterns. Look around you, above you, behind you, below you. Let's come back to neutral, take a breath in and a breath out and just check in. How did that feel for you? How do you feel now compared to before we did that five minute practice? Often people report a sense of feeling more calm, but also awake, or they noticed something they didn't notice before. So practicing this with nature whether that be indoor or outdoors, is how we start to optimize that connection with the earth, with water, with fire, with air, et cetera, et cetera, with nature. And what happens when we know how to do this, when we've mastered it, or not mastered, because the reality is the only people that have probably truly mastered this are like indigenous cultures who have generations and generations of wisdom that we've lost. So when I say mastered, that's in quotation marks, I simply mean feel really comfortable 
in our connection with nature. What can we access when that happens? As I say all the time, this is not an all-encompassing list. But we can start to learn from nature because nature is the ultimate teacher. Nature's systems have been refined for billions of years. And evolution shows us that these systems are not random. They refine and evolve out of optimization. So as we start to ask, how can I heal? How can I grow? How can I grow my business? How can I optimize my team? We can look to nature for those answers. Same with problem solving. If we find ourselves in a point of stuckness and frustration, look at a tree that learned how to grow around a boulder. Pay close attention with your senses awakened and simply listen, observe. What can you learn from the resilience of that tree and that it still found the sunlight, it still grew, even though a literal boulder fell on top of it? And this goes on and on and on and on and on. Anything that is posing to be a learning curve for you in your life, go outside or connect with nature in the way that you like to. Open your senses and simply observe. Can I find the answer to my question right in front of me? Because these systems have been evolving for billions of years much longer than humans have been in existence. And instead of reinventing the wheel and struggling and struggling and struggling, maybe we can simply learn from the systems that have already been optimized. So in summary, connecting with the natural world is a top antidote to most chronic conditions that we experience in our modern day society, including immunity, mental health, physical well-being, sleep, and cognition. Aim for at least two hours a week, which ends up being technically 18 minutes a day, so about 20 minutes a day or fewer longer periods. And a great way to do this is to do an activity that you do regularly for your well-being or self-care or just life and do it outside. So you could even do your studying outside if you're in school. I oftentimes bring my computer to my back patio and I work outside. I might do five minutes of Qigong and then an hour of work. We can integrate our life that already exists into our time outside. But to get the maximum out of that time, we really want to awaken the senses because it doesn't matter what you're doing. Connect in the way that feels right for you. I offered kind of that starter pack of ideas to get started. There's so much more out there. It's about awakening your senses, which can be done inside or outside. And once you've found a certain level of comfort in that practice, in that relationship, in that connection, you can really look to nature as a teacher because nature is alive. It is not dead. It is not this infinite resource. It's very much alive, just as your body is alive. And we can learn from these systems that have evolved to optimize over billions and billions of years. So I hope that this helps you feel inspired to connect to the world around you. Because when we are disconnected, we very quickly lose meaning in our life. 
we very quickly lose our sense of self. And as we discussed earlier in this episode, connecting to nature is a very effective way to rebuild that sense of meaning and to rebuild that connection with yourself. And so now I want to hear from you. Thank you so much for joining me in this conversation today. It's such a joy and an honor to get to share about the things that have helped me so much in my life because I grew up in the city. I did not grow up in nature. So this is something I discovered much later in my life. And it's just such a privilege to get to share with you in hopes that it inspires you to start integrating things that help and improve your life. Be sure to rate and follow or hit subscribe for the podcast. Find me on social media, on Instagram and LinkedIn. And let us know what's your favorite way to connect with nature. As always, may you walk with grace and courage. And we'll see you next time.